Praise God. You can be seated. Thank you for coming tonight. I love faith towards God. I do. I, I like that, and this is what we do. We have faith towards God, and we know that His promises are yea and amen. They are. We don't have to hype God up. He's not in the bullpen right now getting warmed up. He just comes right into the game. He just does, and that's just how He works and I like that. I like that. Praise God. And so thank you tonight for coming with faith in your heart in Jesus' name. We're talking about a series of lessons tonight that are designed to help us to understand more clearly who Jesus is. And that is kind of an ongoing Bible study. I don't know about you, but I, I, that's something I, um, I want to be connected with more and more and more. Um, I struggled with um, uh, the Trinity way of thinking for years um, even while I was in that persuasion, and then when I came to you folks and you started telling me that God was one, um, I struggled for about two or three months because of what I, had, what I was taught. And I'm not criticizing here tonight, I'm just saying there's lots of blockages out there. But God is able to take those scales from our eyes, He's able to take the mystery of godliness, and He's able to show it to people, and I believe He does. And I think it's Bible studies like this that will help in those areas. Uh, the thing that really threw me for a loop is I didn't understand for years that Jesus was a man. That that wasn't, you know, the second person in the Trinity down there. That was Jesus as a man. And, and so when I started putting that together, and the Spirit of God is the Spirit of God, folks. The Spirit of God has been around forever. Um, and, and Jesus, of course, in his introductory remarks when he went to the synagogue that day, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Yeah, for he hath anointed me. And you start going, well, who's he talking to? Well, he's talking about and to God. And as a man, that's what he did. And so this is what makes our connection with him so, so valuable it's because we understand that God, you know, enrobed himself or incarnated himself, that's what the term is, as a man, and he, he identifies with us. He understands what you're going through, you know, and so he's there and, and that type of thing. And so as we study Jesus and as we see him in his ministry, we begin to, um, uh, to understand that. The first lesson Brother Carlos taught this here a couple of weeks ago about the house divided. Jesus was putting an emphasis on who the, the real family of God really is. And I'm not against biological families. I think it's great. I think God is, is, is the author of it. And I think there's a lot of things that can be accomplished through family. But never forget, there's a bigger family than your family. And that, of course, is the family of God. And that's who you become part of when you, when you are born again. You become part of the big family of God. And it does act like your little family, but much greater. And so Jesus emphasized that. He wasn't being disrespectful to his mother and to his brothers and sisters. He wasn't. He was just saying, listen, behold... Let me show you what the real family is. And, and he began to point that out, and that was good. And, you know, the house divided will fall. And that's why we have to be very careful. Last week we talked about Jesus taking authority over the natural realm, you know. And wouldn't you like to have been on that boat and, and had him get up and say, peace be still? Praise God. I, I think that would have been cool. I'd have been scared to death just like the rest of those guys. But boy, you know... That next day, I, I don't imagine they were talking about anything less than that. And so a lot of times, and we discovered last week, that God will allow us to go through trials and tribulation. He just does. And he's not trying to, 
you know, make you look bad or that type of thing. He's just trying to help you to understand that he is the God of all situations. He really is. Tonight, I'm not really sure exactly what direction I'm going to go. I've got some thoughts that I feel like the Lord wants to bring across tonight. He's already told me that, and so I'm going to try to do that. But tonight, we're talking about, and, and remember last week, we talked about um, uh, the Gospel of Mark. I don't know if you're familiar with this. I was thinking today what I was thinking about the Gospel of Mark. Um, I'm trying to think that show, and it's carnal, but I hopefully somebody will get it. But Dragnet, does anybody ever remember that program, Dragnet? And I can't remember the guy's name that was on there. Charles Friday was his name, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Remember what he would always say when people would come up to him and begin to describe the events that were going on? Remember what he would say? Just the facts. Just the facts. Yeah, I always remember that. I don't know why. But... Um, it's proof that God didn't give me a lobotomy, okay? <laughs> um, but the bottom line is, that's what the, in my opinion, that's what the Gospel of Mark is. It's just a facts. And, and I, I know that a lot of theologians say that it probably was Peter's flavor, and, and no doubt you can see, you know, that in there. You know, Peter was probably that kind of a guy, just facts, you know, that type of thing. And, and, and the Gospel of, of Mark, the 16 chapters there, just go from one thing to another. Just one thing to another. And you just get thinking, my God, that's the way it should be with us, right? We should have healings in the morning and, and, and demonic extractions in the afternoon and then 65,000 people getting the Holy Ghost at night. And we just should have all of that stuff going on. And we have to remember, you know, that that's just, you know, that's the way the book is portrayed. And sometimes we just think that, man, it was just bam, 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 bam. But having said that, that that's why sometimes it's kind of hard for us to grasp what's going on. I do believe that the Gospel of Mark does give us um, some good information about some of the days that Jesus had as a man. You know, number one, last week we talked about the fourth chapter, and that was an entire day. That didn't happen in the three-week period, folks. That was a one-day event. He was teaching and preaching and, and talking and doing all kinds of stuff, and, and then by later that night, you know, he's an itinerary preacher, so he's got to get in the boat and he's got to go someplace else, and the storm comes up, and I mean to tell you, folks, it was just kind of one thing right after another, a lot of days of following Jesus. And tonight, you know, or I should say, and, and the, um, um, the lesson tonight is to go home to your friends, and it has to do with Mark chapter 5. And this is where when Jesus, after that full day, and after that storm on the sea, immediately when he got to the shore, here's this guy full of demons coming up to him. And so, again, you know, I, I, I look at that and I go, God, that's, that's tremendous. And the Lord just kind of emphasized to me that, um, you know, you got to be ready. You know, we got to be ready for what's going on sometimes. And, and this is why our lives sometimes are not real, um, I, I just say, are real, real good for that. Because we have a lot of things going on. And there's a lot of things that are going on around us that if we would, could uh, pay attention a little bit, I really feel like we could have... Every one of us, myself included, we could have tremendously full ministries. We could be doing a whole lot in the world that we're living in. And so consider that tonight as you, as you study this. I don't know, you got the guides and we're getting them. And I was reading that guide this week because I have the, um, the teacher's manual here. And I was 
kind of a little bit um, taken back by how much different my book is than yours. I would hope that they would be kind of similar, but they're not. And um, that's why if I say some things, you know, maybe you don't have in the book, you might want to write them down. Because it, it's not that I'm making this up, it's, it's, the, yours is a lot different. But having said that, I read that devotional, and that's powerful. How many, well, I better not, because I want you to lie, okay? But, I mean, I hope that there's several of you, I hope that there's several of you, I, you wouldn't lie, none of you would, you're good Christians. Um, um, uh, but I hope that you are taking that manual seriously. There's some good stuff in there. I mean, it really does apply to us. Amen. And so hopefully, you know, this will be something that will, um, that will help you. Years ago, I did a research. And the, and, the, and the truth tonight, if I don't get to it before the end of the service tonight, is the truth about God is that, that, that Jesus is compassionate. He's not afraid of people that are full of devils. He's not afraid of what he sees in the world. He's not. And he's approachable, which, I mean, my goodness, the guy's full of demons, and he's coming running to Jesus. That says a lot. It really does. And so the truth of the matter is the fact that he is compassionate. And then the truth from our lives that we can gather from this because again, if we don't get to it tonight, one of the things that the, the, the man who was delivered from the demons wanted to do was to join the show. He wanted to go on the road with Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I need you working in Decapolis. And I don't know if you're aware of this. I think it was in the Bible study. Decapolis, the word actually means ten cities. And it was kind of a conglomerate of, of an area there. And so Jesus put him into evangelizing his hometown and his home places. Now listen to me. I think that's pretty smart because a lot of people knew about this guy. It's kind of like the same in, in, in the same realm. of. You remember in the third chapter of the book of Acts, maybe you don't, but here's Peter and John. They're going up to the, to the temple to pray. And here's this guy that's sitting there in front of the, the temple door, and he's, that's a good place because a lot of compassionate people should be going to church, right? And he's got his cup out there, man, and he says, man, I hope the offerings are good today because this is all I got to live on. Well, Peter and John come, and something's different is going to happen. You remember what happened? Yeah. He said, flesh, you know, uh, uh, money, we don't have any, praise God, but what's, what we have, we're going to give to you in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. And you remember what happened? Wow, that guy who had been there for a long time, everybody in the city knew about him. Everybody probably had an opinion about him. And all of a sudden, here's this guy who couldn't walk, and all of a sudden, he's walking. You want to talk about advertising, folks. That's tremendous advertising. And so you've got to understand, Jesus did the same thing with this demoniac. He understood that people knew where he was from. This is a changed life. This is a guy everybody was afraid of. And all of a sudden, man, he can walk the streets. And man, you talk about an effective witness. Now, come on, I'm going somewhere with this. Maybe you haven't been filled with demons. Thank God for that. But you got a witness. you got something that the Lord has done for you. And I hope that you will gather this out of this, this week's lesson. That's why he sent him home. You know, Jesus was preparing the Gentiles he really wasn't. That's really what De De Decapolis was. It was Gentile communities. 
you know, and he was preparing them. You remember he did it one other time. Remember the fourth chapter of the Gospel of John? Purposely, purposely took his time. And I imagine the disciples are saying, why is he so slow today? My goodness, we got places to go and people to see. Come on, Jesus, let's get going. But Jesus purposely, purposely in my opinion, slowed down so he could be at that well at the noon hour. And why was that? Because there was a lady that was going to be there that, that didn't want to see anybody, praise God. But Jesus made sure that he was there that day. Can you say amen? amen. I'll tell you something. We serve a God that's good. He's on time. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows where he's going. And listen to me, folks. That lady was a Samaritan. She wasn't thought of very well with, with, the, with the nation of Israel. But Jesus was preparing them, praise God. And so he gave her, he gave her, in my opinion, a greater Bible study sometime than he would give some of those Hebrews. Amen. But you and I, we know the rest of the story, don't we? Come on, we understand, praise God, that just a few years down the road, or not, probably just a few months maybe, or maybe a year or two down the road, there was going to be a group of people, praise God, that were going to be ready to receive and to hear this born-again message. And it was the Samaritans. All Philip had to do was open up his Bible or open up his mind and start preaching Jesus. Come on, folks, I believe we got a lot of people in this city, praise God, that all they need to hear is about Jesus. They need to hear how good He is. They need to understand, praise God, that He's still operating, that He's still delivering people. He is still taking people from addiction type of backgrounds, and He's given them, praise God, multitudes of grace. Mm, hallelujah, praise God. And what an effective witness. That's what this is all about, praise God. You know, or the, or the major thing, you know, is that so people will understand that our God, who a lot of people feel like, you know, there's no way they would ever be worthy to have an appointment with him. They must understand that a bunch of flunkies like you and me, praise God, God visited us. And he gave us grace and he delivered us, praise God. And he's given us a lifestyle, praise God, that I don't know about you, but I've never regretted. I'm telling you something right now. My God has been so good to me. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, got you thinking, don't I? Got you thinking. I can see it in your eyes, praise God, and that's good. Let that seep in. Come on, let's take something away from these Bible studies. Let's get to know Jesus better than we ever have before, praise God. And, and, and let's ask God to help us to be a better at pre presenting him to this world that we're in right now. What do you say? I want it. I want to get better at telling people about who he is. Praise God, and I believe that God can help us to do that. Come on, put those books down right now. Just take both of those hands and lift them up right now. And let's ask the Lord to give us some understanding here. Mm. I believe He's here to do that. I believe He is. This is a good Bible study, by the way, folks. This is great. The evil spirits, they know who He is. Come on, they know exactly who He is. Oh, praise God. First time right out of the chute, I'm telling you something. Jesus, when he was in a temple area and he was teaching, praise God, one of them come around and they said, we know who you are. We know who you are. Come on, they know who you are. Praise God. Let me put it that way. Come on, you're filled with God's spirit. The demonic world knows who you are. And I'm not trying to scare you. 
I'm trying to help you to understand that's the truth of the matter. Praise God. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. I do believe in the anointing of the Lord. I do. But I also believe, I heard Brother Wright say one time, and I, I really believe this. He said, along with the anointing, we need the authority. And that's what you're doing right now. You're allowing God to become the authoritative figure in your life. And it's not wimping out. It's paying great dividends. And that's what's going to make that anointing, praise God, go a whole lot further than it ever has. The anointing and authority. And this is one of the things, if you'll study the Gospels, you're going to find that's one of the things that they could not help but notice about Jesus. Even his worst critics, they would say, man, we've never heard it taught like this. This guy's got great authority. They even said that. And that came from, we understand, that came from the Spirit of the Lord. And so you have the Holy Ghost. You're baptized in Jesus' name. I'm here to tell you, folks, you have that Spirit in you. And so you can, you can begin to do very similar things, praise God. But listen, I know where some of you are struggling. I'm a pastor. God tells me these things. It's the same thing with me, praise God, is we don't struggle so much with the anointing. You come into a service like this, these services are power-packed. You, you know, even a Wednesday night Bible study, people are praising God and lifting Him up. You know, but the bottom line is anoint, or anointing is great, but the authority, that's what you got to have. And, and the reason I'm mentioning this tonight is because you need that in your homes. As the pastor of this church, um, I, I am... Um, um, you know, God has, has commissioned me to make sure that it stays here. And that's a tall order sometimes because you're fighting all kinds of stuff. And I don't want to get spooky here. I'm just telling you, you just are. And that's why you've got to be on top of the thing. You need Jesus. And that's why I, there's not rituals that I'm doing here. I am absolutely saying, God, the authority of God is in this place. And it's going to stay here. And that's what you need to do. You need to take this back to your homes and establish that same kind of authority in your home. Can you say amen? amen? Years ago I did a research and plural spirits in the Bible. I don't know if you're familiar with this or not. I, um, again, I, uh, I just wanted to know a little more about what I was up against. And, and they come by this. When, you, when, when I talk about plural spirits, I'm talking about the word spirits that's in the Bible. And what you'll find is you'll find five different categories there. It's amazing to me that in the first few chapters of the book of Mark, Jesus encountered unclean spirits. That's what he did. I mean, and, and, and it says that. And I often wondered, what are, what are we talking about here? You know, um, and what the um, uh, unclean spirits are, you can find this in Matthew and, and again in Mark and Luke and, and in various places, but they're evil and they're foul, but they actually sometimes have to do with disease and sickness. It's what promotes it in people. And I'm not going to do an exhaustive study here today, but I'm here to tell you that a lot of times, and I'm not talking about everybody being possessed. You know, I'm just talking about a lot of times people are oppressed by unclean spirits. Sometimes I feel like one of, some of the roads that they run through are, are, are addictions. And they promote this kind of thing. That's why a lot of times what you're dealing with is a spirit. What I mean by that is that's the influence that's in a person's life. That's why they don't feel like they can let go, you know, and that type of thing. And we have to be careful with that one. Another plural spirit that you'll find is a seducing spirit. 
You know, Timothy was warned about that. And these are spirits that are primed for deceiving people. Deceiving. And our world is full of it. I mean, over the media and over all kinds of things like that, there's all kinds of things that are very, very deceiving um, uh, uh, influences out there. That's why, you know, what old Officer Joe Friday used to say, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. And I've thought about that. A lot of times when I question people or people come to me and they want me to do a little counseling, which, you know, I don't know if I'm that good at it or not. I just know that I know the counselor. His name is Jesus. But a lot of times that's what I'll do. Don't tell me the story. Tell me what are the facts? What's going on here? Let's see if we can identify something. And, I, and, and that has helped me, and I, and I hope that it will help you too in the name of Jesus. And then in the Old Testament primarily, you had something called familiar spirits. And these were things that people had been involved in. I think we have the same things today in our world. You know, especially for somebody like me. I didn't come to the Lord until I was 22 years of age. You know, that's not old, but I mean, it was, I had a lot of water under my bridge. And there was a lot of things that I had been involved in. I'm not going to get into that tonight, but the bottom line is sometimes these familiar spirits can, 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 can move in in that area. Some of you are being maybe bothered by bad thoughts or things that you used to do. A lot of times they can travel through these familiar spirits. And I'm not trying to help you to find one under every corner and that type of thing, folks. I'm just saying you and I as spirit-filled Christians, we're going to run into this stuff. And primarily, God has given us the authority over these things. Come on, can you say amen? And that's how our lives need to reflect on the majority of the time. Now listen, I'm not looking for perfection where we never ever make a mistake again. But I am looking for overcoming power in a Christian's life. This is what people, the true, the tr the true lookers out there, the ones that really want to have something happen in their life, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for people who have the real deal. And you and I, because of our experience and because of our, uh, our, our um, relationship with God, we have authority over these things. And you can take that authority any and every time, praise God, in Jesus' name. The last one in that group, of course, is seducing, unclean, familiar, and evil spirits. The Bible talks about this, you know, and what they are, evil spirits really are ones that are opposed to God, opposed to doctrine. Sometimes when you go in and teach a Bible study, I've had this happen. And man, you know, somebody will rise up and say, that's not what the Bible says, and that's not true, and all that kind of business. Just hold your horses here. Don't sit there and get in a fight with people. What you need to realize is that a lot of times that was influenced by something. And if you can begin to take authority in that area, I mean to tell you, now listen, that is not, that is not um, uh, um, making people do stuff. It's creating an atmosphere where there is none of that influence there. And you will find that Bible studies can go a whole lot further. Just like this one here tonight. Do you want to know one of the reasons? Not the only one. It's because I take authority over those spirits. I'm smart enough to understand that you guys live in the world. You guys listen to stuff. Some of you probably listen to stuff you really shouldn't. Well, you're bringing that stuff in here, and that's, that needs to be shut down. And so this is exactly what I do. Oh, don't look at me that way. I'm not mean. I just learned that you got to do that. Because I want the full effect here. Come on, we only get one Wednesday night a week. 
We only get 45 minutes, you know, to teach this stuff, and I want to make sure that everything in the name of Jesus gets through. And I'm not making you do this. I'm not, hey, if you don't want to come, that's your business, praise God, but I'm going to tell you something. I take it serious. And that's why I take authority over it. That's why we can have anointed preaching. That's why we can have anointed prayer. That's why we can have anointed prayer, you know, praise, and all of that goes with that package. Come on, folks, because we don't have those influences. But there's one left that I, they can come in here in the droves if they want. When we talk about plural spirits, and it's found in the book of, um, of uh, uh, Hebrews, when it talks about ministering spirits that are sent forth for those that are heirs of salvation. Isn't that cool? Now, come on, folks. I, I can only remember three or four times that I've really, really sensed angels, you know, in the midst. And I could tell you those stories, and it probably let the hair on the back of your head raise up. But that's beside the point. It probably just, just do a bunch of inspiration is all. But the bottom line is, I don't have to feel them anymore. I don't have to do that. A lot of things with my walk with God has gotten past feeling. You want to know why? Because I've learned by faith, praise God, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he promised me he would do it one day, he'll do it another, praise God. Now, I'm not telling God what to do. I'm just telling him what I know he is doing in the name of Jesus. And if, he, if, if, if that ministry is still available to us on a Sunday, I believe it's still available to us on a Wednesday. And I leave him alone. I don't dictate to them, you know. I just want them in here. I'm talking about ministering spirits because I'm not afraid of that, praise God. I understand we need that. Amen. And so when you read that fifth chapter of the book of, of Mark again, and the first 20 chapters is dealing with that demoniac that comes out of those tombs, can you imagine how would you like to live that way? I mean, that man was miserable. Praise God. But you know, the end of that story, and this is what really, sometimes I just wonder, what are you, what are you guys expecting? Here's this guy, you know, Jesus delivers him completely from that. And he's sitting there restored and clothed and in his right mind. Wow. And yet the people came and they were afraid of that. And so I understand that. A lot of the folks that you're dealing with right now, especially out in the, in the world arena, they're afraid of this stuff. And I was too. And I can't tell you that there's not a time that I don't get scared about it from time to time, but hardly very, it, it doesn't happen very often at all. Why? Because I know my God. I know who He is. Praise God, He's my Heavenly Father. He loves me. He loves you. Come on, folks. He's not into sending anybody to hell. He's in the business of saving people. He wants to help people to be completely delivered. And then what he's going to do is he's going to do the same thing he did with that demoniac. He's going to send you back into the evangelistic field. He's going to show this world, praise God, that he's still operating as God. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. People are getting saved. People are brought into the kingdom of God because of these events that are happening in Jesus' name. And so, you know, when you look over your Bible study here, you know, the scripture, or not the scripture, but the book says that the evil spirits knew who Jesus was. They knew who he was. Amen. And you want to know something, folks? Now listen, you're going to, this is going to give you some good advice. Jesus never tried to hide it. I remember when I first uh, came into a church like this, I was very intimidated and, and that type of thing. And, 
And um, uh, I, you know, I didn't want anybody to know I was a Christian. I didn't. And I'm, I'm not proud of that, but that's the way it was. You know, I just thought, man, I'll just keep, me and Jesus keep this little secret, and we'll just, I'll go to church and nobody will know, and we'll just, okay, we'll go on with it. But all of a sudden, you know, over the first few months of my life, um, and I'm glad you didn't know me back then. I'm glad. That's why if any picture shows up around here of a B.C. Carnahan, I'm going to destroy it. Because I really don't. I, don't want you to, I didn't want you to know me. But people in that little small town of mine did. They knew who, what I was, what, I, what, I, what I'd done. And all of a sudden, I would go into gas stations to get gas. And because of what the Lord was dealing with me about my life, William, people wouldn't even recognize me. I had people that I used to run around with. And I was filling up. i say, hey, how you doing, Mo? You know, and uh, Mo Morarity. And he looks at me I said, hey, how you doing, Mo? He said, who are you? I said, I'm, I'm Steve Carnahan. Don't you remember? He goes, whoa. <laughs> you know? And so the cat's out of the bag. What are you going to do? Come on, don't try to hide what God is doing for you. Be glad about it. I made that mistake, and I only made that mistake for a few months. Then all of a sudden, and now you don't want to go to the other end of that trail and you want to start bragging about what the Lord has done. No, that one isn't going to give much glory either. But let people know. Let people know what the Lord has done, how he's healed your body, how he's touched your mind, how you've got a purpose in life that you've never had before. I'm going to tell you something, folks. You want the joy of the Lord? Come on, do you really want the joy of the Lord? Start doing that. Start letting people know, praise God, what the Lord has done for you. And I mean to tell you folks, the joy of the Lord will run right out your fingers. It will. And it'll be powerful. And you'll start having fun. Oh my goodness, you're going to start laughing a little bit. You're going to start saying, whoa, this is pretty cool. Come on, folks. This is what God wants to restore to your life. I know yeah. some of you have had some bumps on the road. I know some of you have been down some, some tough trails. But come on. He's been good to you. He has been powerful to you. Why don't you let that one stand out a little bit? Come on. You're going to find yourself having the joy of the Lord a whole lot more. You can't tell me that that demoniac went back, you know, when Jesus said, I want you to go to Decapolis. I'm giving you, I want you, I, you're going to go there and you're going you're gonna to testify about what I've done. You can't tell me he walked around going, oh man, this is tough. This is no good. I believe that man went there with the joy of the Lord in his heart, praise God. I believe that woman at the well, I believe that woman at the well went back to that little city, praise God, and she wasn't letting those things intimidate her anymore. Come see him man who told me everything come see somebody that wrote my or read my mail praise God come on this is what I'm talking about this is what we need to get out of these Bible studies is it yeah they were written back then yeah they happened a couple of thousand years ago but it's still happening today this is what God wants to do and so yeah they knew who they were and Jesus knew exactly who he was praise God Legion. Think about that. And you know, the Roman army was the one that kind of coined that phrase because they would go around with these legions. I read one account that, that they were talking about close to 7,000 people were involved in a legion. 
You know, I heard another count where it's 2,000, so I'm not here to say to give, give you a chapter and verse on that, praise God. But look it up there. There's a legion right there. That's an army, praise God. And I want to tell you something. When we talk about the legion that was in this, 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 this guy, they were a destroying army. They were an army that were, were hell-bent on destroying lives. But you and I, because of the power of Jesus Christ that's in us, we have the power, man, and authority over those, over those kind of things in Jesus' name. And so this is what God can help us to do. So don't forget about those, those five um, areas, praise God. There are spirits out there, seducing spirits, unclean spirits, familiar spirits, evil spirits, and then there are ministering spirits, praise God. And so this is the world that you and I are a part of. And I, again, I'm not trying to scare you, give you nightmares and that type of thing. Praise God. Hey, you know what happened to me last night? Give you a little chance to breathe, okay? Some of you are kind of going, whoa, it's got a little heavy on Wednesday night. Yeah, no it isn't. Come on, I had to put the brakes on Sunday morning. I'm not putting the brakes on tonight. I'm not going to do it. Praise God. I saw my wife this morning. I dreamed about her last night. It was cool. I wish I could have remembered the whole thing. It was great. Her and I were getting along real well. I mean, it was just great. Praise God. That's how I knew it was a dream. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. But it was great. And you know want to know something, folks? I believe that the Lord wants to start giving you some good dreams. I really do. I believe he wants to give you rest. You know, we're the weary. You're going to get up in the morning and say, man, I'm ready to go after this. Come on, I believe the Lord wants to do that for you. And that's why we can take away from these stories, praise God. And we can understand that Jesus, number two, in, in, your, in your thing here, number two, that Jesus had compassion for these, these kind of situations. He didn't run away from it. He had compassion. And I believe this is one of the overriding things sometimes that can take place, you know. And so Jesus' compassion is what caused this de demoniac to be delivered. And I thank God. And then the last, you know, thing that we see that Jesus told this demoniac was the fact that I don't want you coming with me. I got a full slate here. I got too many mouths to feed here, you know, these guys. But I want you to stay and I want you to, I want you to stay here and I want you to testify. And I believe that's, that's one of the first callings that we will get. And don't make the mistake I did for the first couple of months I was in the church. Don't try to hide this. Praise God. You know, I'll tell you the reason I was trying to hide it. Is that, man, I came, um, the first week I, was, I came into the church, got filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you know, baptized in Jesus' name. And, man, I mean to tell you, God started showing me scripture and all that kind of stuff. And I went home. And I started uh, uh, preaching to my mom and my, um, and my brother. My brother was there at the time. He was home from college. And boy, my brother got mad. And I mean to tell you, he got upset. And please don't hold this against me. But I hadn't had the Holy Ghost for very long, and I got mad. And him and I, we got in a fight right there in the kitchen. And here's me. I'm trying to witness to my mom. I'm trying to get her to come to church. I'm trying to get her to take a Bible study. And the best she could do that day, she threw me and my brother out of the house. <laughs> and so I thought, man, I better, get a, you know, I better get, get a little more of this Holy Ghost than I got. But I'm talking to people here tonight that you got plenty of Holy Ghost. And you can tell people about this in Jesus' name. And so his marching orders was, you go home. You go back to your home. You tell people about what the Lord has done for you.
Now, for the remaining seven or eight minutes here, I want to give you something. The Lord told me this this morning, to give this to you. And I know that some of you probably have heard this before, but I think it's something that's worth, especially with a lesson like this, it's worth repeating. Look at the book of uh, Ephesians chapter number six. And Paul's done this a few times in his epistles. You know, um, he's, he's, he's a good preacher and he's getting and he's teaching and he's showing all kinds of good things here. And then he finally gets to a place where, where he actually says the word, um, finally, you know. And it's kind of like when us, we're up here and we'll go, okay, I, I'm closing. <laughs> you know, and an hour later, you know, he said, boy, that was a, quite a closing. But this is a good closing, and I want to show it to you. Look at Ephesians chapter number 6, and I want to show you something. Look at verse number 10, verse number 10. Bible says there, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, I'm going to read this to you, and I, 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 I would think it would be, behoove you, it would benefit you to go home and dissect this in your own life. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Everybody say his might. He says this twice. He says it first in verse 11. Put on the... Yeah. Not just half of it. Just the stuff that's comfortable. No, put it all on. And then he says, why? He says, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. See, that's what you and I are really fighting against. You're not fighting against your uncles and your aunts and your people who are opposing you in this. That's really not where the battleground is. One of the things that Jesus established when he came down here was that God gives authority over the demonic realm. And I believe that's very important. And that's what we, what, how we're going to maintain that is right here. And the scripture says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, verse 12, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I have several books on this. One, Tom, you've got it now. And I've got a couple more in there. It's called Spiritual Warfare. And a man named Arcovio wrote it. And he talks about the different warfares that we deal with. I would absolutely, it, I know many of you read it because I, would, I made it required reading for any of the discipleship classes that I would teach. And I haven't done this for years, but um, I would absolutely, um, especially after a Bible study like this, is get that book. Spiritual Warfare, John Arcovio is the man who has authored it. And we've got several copies here at the church, and I would read that. That will really open up your eyes to what we're really dealing with. And the reason we need to get our eyes open is because sometimes we need to learn how to pray. And we need to pray focused on certain areas. And this will help us greatly, in my opinion. Because the Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against, against these four areas. And then, again, he repeats himself. Look at verse number 13. Wherefore, take unto you, everybody say it. Yeah, look at somebody and say the whole armor. Yeah, that's what we need. Amen. And I can't emphasize this enough tonight, praise God, that sometimes we're going into battle and we are ill-prepared. And I'm going to tell you something, they're going to clean our clocks if we are. I'm just telling you the truth. And I'm not afraid of devils, folks. I'm not afraid of the demonic kingdom. I'm just here to tell you, praise God, that when I've gotten my butt whipped, it's because I was not prepared. 
And I don't know about you, but that only has to happen to me once. I'm telling you the truth. And that's when I can learn and I can get back and I can start doing the things that God wants, us, wants me to do and wants you to do. And so I hope that through these Bible studies, praise God, don't let your house get divided. Realize that he's the God in the midst of the storm. And then realize that you don't have to be afraid of demonic powers. You do not, praise God. In fact, it's a good incentive to live right. It really is. Just keep your, your, yourself right with God and everything is going to be okay. And then it goes into the aspect of what we're talking about there. It says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil days. See what God's intent is for you? God's intent is not for you to avoid the evil day. His intent is for you to stand. And amen. And I'm not talking about arrogance and I'm not talking about pride. I'm talking about authority. I'm talking about authority that comes straight from the heavenlies, that comes into our lives, praise God, and is irreplaceable. You can't replace it with anything else. It has to be the authority of God. And listen to me, folks. If you want authority, here's the secret. Here's the mystery. If you want authority, you have to be willing to be put under authority. That's the difference between the apostolic church, in my opinion, and a lot of these other denominations. I'm not here to critique. I'm not here to, to complain. I'm just saying I didn't get any of that kind of stuff in those other churches. But when I came to you guys, you told me I had to get my life lined up. You told me there were some things that had to go. And yeah, it was unpleasant. Yeah, it wasn't what I was expecting. But boy, did it have some results. I'm here to tell you folks, it gave me a relationship with God like I've never had before. And I'm going to tell you something, folks, that's what this world needs to see. They need to see people, not only people who have the authority, but people who are under the authority. And that's where some of you are, and I'm not being critical. Come on, i got to be a pastor here tonight. That's where some of you are really, really, really going to have to step this thing up. You're going to have to start praying specifically, God, help me to be put under your authority. I mean it, and mean it. And say, God, whatever you're going to ask me to do, I might fudge it a little bit, but I'm going to do it in Jesus' name. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. If you will, if you will just pursue that pathway, you will find power with God like you've never had. And that's what this world needs to see. They don't need to see somebody's opinion of what God is. They don't need to see another rendition of it. They need to go into this book and say, hey man, that's what I saw in that church. That's what's going to bring the results. And that's why uh, Paul, when he, when he lined this out, you know, he said, stand having your loins girt about with truth. I mean, this is a, this is a, a, a Bible study here. And I'm just bringing it back to some of your memory tonight. I'm not teaching a Bible study. I'm just bringing this scripture back. And so that you'll understand that we need to have our loins girt about with truth and our breastplate of righteousness and our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You know, taking the shield of faith whereby we can quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. And taking the helmet of salvation. I did it again last Friday night. You know, I used to have a real hard time sleeping in hotels the first night. Not last Friday night, bro. I slept like a baby until 4 in the morning, and then I had to get up and start praying. But I'm talking about from about 10.30, quarter to 11, until 4 in the morning, I mean the lights were out. 
And it's because I prayed that prayer. I said, God, I'm going to put on the helmet of salvation. Any of this junk that's trying to get into my mind, any of the problems back here in Gillette, Wyoming, I don't want to hear about them. I just want to rest in the name of Jesus. And I'm here to tell you folks, it works. I didn't have to take any pills. I didn't have to go over to the the liquor store. It was God that just pumped that right into my mind. And I slept just like a baby. And you can do the same thing. Praise God. And then it talks about, you know, uh, the idea that um, uh, uh, the sword of the Spirit, and which is the Word of God, and praying always, you know, unto all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, praise God. And I really, really, really want you to understand that it was happening again in the prayer room tonight. There's a lot of that kind of stuff going on around here, and I commend you. That's why it's happening. That's why people can come in here and they can feel as free as a bird. It's because authority is in this place in Jesus' name. Isn't that cool? I'm going to tell you something, folks. Let's learn something. Let's learn, praise God, that Jesus wants us to go home. He wants us to be an effective witness, praise God, to people that already knew us. Amen. And I believe it's going to have powerful dividends in Jesus' name, praise God. You know, it says here, you know, the newly freed man was so thankful. Think about this. We're talking about the demoniac. It says that he offered to follow Jesus from town to town. That's what he wanted to do. And he wanted to be one of Jesus' disciples. But Jesus refused to allow him to come with him and his followers. Rather, Jesus commissioned him to go home to tell his friends what the Lord has done for him. And Jesus had compassion on that man and expected that compassion would inspire him to testify to the people. We have no idea, you know, the spiritual ramifications from that. We really don't. You know, it's just powerful what the Lord has done. And so tonight, I hope that my little addition to this Bible study tonight has been worthy of your time. And I want you to stand with me right now. We're going to pray. God is so good.